This child is special. This child must be taken beyond the boundaries of our village, all the way across the great river to the Daikini Crossroads. Who do that? It seems only fair that the man to take this baby to the crossroads be the very man who plucked it out of the river. I nominate Willow Upton. Yeah! I will consult the bones. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. is Cheap Seat Reviews. Hello, and thank you for listening to Cheap Seat Reviews, the podcast that explores the Hollywood film industry for the greater good. The greater good, Peck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Should we disclaimer this episode? I like, don't... If I think the drinking game is to take a shot every time one of us says peck. Okay. I know. You know, I, at some point in the movie, I was thinking, because I had totally forgotten about this movie, right? I watched it in the 80s, and I think that's the last time I've seen it. And I totally forgot about the word peck. And imagine if they used, you know, a, a different slanderish term for small people or people people of small stature. Yeah. You know, because that's basically what they were calling them, right? Yeah, it's a it's, just a, it's it's a racist it's a word. Slander. Yeah, it's yeah, a, yeah, and it's it it just I don't know if they could do that anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just I don't think it would work. I, I I do wonder if it is, you know, would Peter Dinklage be mad at me if I used it, you know, not like at him as a derogatory, just in conversation, like I'm saying, like you can't use the n word right? at all, right? No. So it's no, like, is no, it no, the no. same thing? I don't know if if I. I don't know. I'm just picturing like... you walking down the street and seeing Peter Dinklage going like, "Out of the way!" <laughs> Out of the way! Peck. Peck. Just... <laughs> oh my god! Why would you do that to Peter Dinklage? Yeah, and then he comes across right. the table and punches me in the face and says, "Call me an Call elf." Call me more. an elf one I think, more time. I think in the play that I'm writing, I'm actually going to use "ginger" and "old guy" a lot, hmm. just for you okay. and Sam. Yeah, no, that's right. fair. Okay. Sure. Oh yeah, my yeah. gosh, we're already off the rails. Absolutely. This is episode 342. <laughs> And we are not talking about that last movie. I forgot to edit my script. We're talking about Willow, episode 342, Willow, 1980s something, Willow. I, you would think I'd have this information after 1988. I have done this podcast before, I promise. Uh, I am Sean Allred, and joining me tonight is Andrew. How do you keep people alive in a castle surrounded by desolate land? Jimison. Uh, well, I usually use my um, use my grandmother, who is a sorceress, and she has a hell of a right hook. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Is that how you grow? Is it? Is that oh. how, that's how you grow food and, and animals? Do you want any other explanation? <laughs> okay, I told you she's a sorceress. Okay, she just conjures <laughs> up the corn and the feed and the stuff. <laughs> Uh, these are the dumb things I think about. Sam, the two-headed wait, dragon. Wait, 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 wait. Will you put a comma in between those two statements? 
uh, the, the dumb things I think about. Oh, and Sam. <laughs> and Sam, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that's actually kind of appropriate. And Sam, <laughs> the two-headed yes. dragon still freaks me out, Vector. Well, doggone it. You used what I was going to kill you with. So <laughs> I, I've got to now figure out something different. So I would basically say um, I'd probably lock you in one of those cages that uh, – not Christian Bale. Um <laughs> What's his name? Val Kilmer. Uh, v- Val Val Kilmer yeah, was was locked in, and then uh, keep you from getting water. So that would be my my how you would die slowly, and and I, I would put like a a one of those timer cameras on you so that I could watch your body waste away, and, and kind of you know see it in a time lapse um, as you melt into the uh, the, the bars. So I think that'd be fun. I think I would probably die of sunburn before I would die of thirst. <laughs> that's right, you would. I think uh, <laughs> you'd spontaneously combust. Yeah, I think that's actually probably pretty accurate. That place looked pretty, uh, pretty hot and sandy, and made me thirsty just looking at it. And making his cheap seat reviews debut is Cameron. All you did was sit around and eat our eggs from the Green Shirt Podcast. They're good eggs. Thank you. Thank you for le- inviting me here to eat your eggs. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. Welcome on the podcast, Cameron. Thank you for joining us. I am so excited, guys. <laughs> uh, so I, um, I poached, to keep the egg metaphor, poached Cameron away <laughs> from another podcast that uh, I was on. And last week, Jesse was on our show. Uh, I first heard Cameron on the Sudden But Inevitable podcast, where he guest hosted there and talked about Firefly and... I thought, man, that nice. chap is funny. I should have him on my show. So, the, the question is, is he enjoying Firefly though? That isn't that kind of the 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 main gist of why we would allow people on our cast. I do, I do enjoy Firefly. If that's okay, the, then uh, he's good. Then he's good. Okay, you've 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 answered the the secret password, <laughs> so you're fine. And uh, and your show, which I'll let you go into some more length about in a, in a second, is the Green Shirt Podcast, a newbie's uh, trek through or newbie's experience through Star Trek: The Next Generation. I think That's I screwed. Right. Yeah, I think I screwed up your uh, your newbie's tagline. trek through the next generation. That's right. Yeah, thank you. So I've listened to You've gone with your first instinct, just like Willow. I was going to say. Yeah, yeah the the, uh, the the trek. You know, I was thinking yeah. that what a perfect way to to use a word yeah. um, on there, but. Yeah, it was funny because anyway. it sounded right coming out, and I thought, no, it seems too perfect. No one would actually be that clever. You doubted yourself. The yeah. magic was in your finger the whole yeah. time. Yeah. Sean. I'm also the guy that probably would have dropped an acorn on my own foot. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, that is my, that's my podcast. That's my full time podcast. Yeah. And uh, I've listened to it, and uh, well, not all of it because you have like 80 something episodes, but I've listened to a handful, and they're very funny. And. I'll, I'll Have just. You watched all of new uh, with TNG. Who are you asking? You. No, I haven't. I'm. No. I'm kind oh of. Gosh. I'm kind of like oh. Cameron in that I grew up on the movies. Um, I grew yeah. up watching the films. The first time, uh, I've said this story on on the show before. The first movie I have a memory of going to the theater with Dad, just me and Dad, was Star Trek Generations. And I know it's okay. not a good movie, but because of that memory. <laughs> it's a better movie for me, you know, mm-hmm. like if we were watching it for the podcast, which we might do one day, it's kind of terrible, yeah. Sam, you would, you would enjoy making fun of it. You know, like I would rank it like a five, but because of the memory, it goes like to an eight, you know? Yeah. Um, so 
so I so it's funny. I, when Cameron and I were negotiating back and forth uh, for this show, he said, <laughs> "What episode would you like to come on and do for us?" So I'm scrolling through. I think season five is where we are mm-hmm. in real life, and. I don't remember any of these. I watched these growing up with my parents on our little 13-inch black and white, and I don't remember any of them except the one that I picked, um, mm. which is the one that has Kelsey Grammer on it. Ah, spoilers. Oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> spoilers. Remember, for... I haven't seen it yet. That's the, that's the premise of the show. Oh, well, there's an episode with Kelsey Dang Grammer. Dang it, Sean. Right. I, I knew surprise. Kelsey Grammer showed up at some point. Yeah, there's, there's like <laughs> lots of famous pictures of him in the uniform. Yeah. Anyway... Uh, yes, and we'll let you again. We'll let you when, talk about when that. When was that though? Was that the eighties? Was that Cheers era? Kelsey Grammer? Yeah, I mean, early nineties would have been that episode. Yeah, that episode would have been three. Okay. Yeah, interesting. Anyway, he wasn't in Willow. He was not. <laughs> I couldn't find a Star Trek connection. I know. I know that's really? your your game, Sean. But uh oh, really? There's kind Uh-oh. of a big one. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Sure? Well, I'm looking forward to it then. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about it in a little bit. But yeah, there's a okay. there's a big one um, that we'll talk about. Uh, so yeah, 1988's Willow, directed by Ron Howard, written by George Lucas and Bob Dolman, and this is one of those movies that I think all of us except Andrew watched when we were youngins. Andrew, this was your first time, right? <gasps> yes, it is. Oh, oh it was. excited. Yeah. Very. Yeah. Very excited because I came into this with nostalgia, right? Yeah. You know, this is this is direct from my '80s childhood, and um, especially the formative years of my '80s childhood. So it'll be interesting to see what Andrew has to say yeah. about. And uh, by childhood, he means his early twenties. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Sean. Yeah, we've got a, an array of perspectives here. That should be interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Andrew, why don't you go ahead and uh, please tell us what, what does Disney Plus have to say about this? Because usually IMDb fails us. Well, IMDb fails us, and to be honest, Disney Plus failed us this time as well. So, I, oh no, I wrote my own synopsis. Oh, I'm, uh, well, yeah, oh, we, we can hear the official. Yeah, let's do, it. yeah, let's do the official, and then we'll do uh, we'll yeah. do yours, Cameron, because I'd like to have a have a comparison. Mine, mine is to make a point, so we'll yeah, <laughs> okay, all right. Well, let's we'll see here. Willow, a small farmer, apprentice, and magician, uh, meets Mad Mardigan, a great swordsman, and together they journey through a war-torn land of magic and monsters to save a baby princess from death at the hands of an evil queen. I mean, that's all right. Uh, The 80s, when a a family film could entirely revolve around attempted infant side. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And and putting the baby in danger in every single scene, constant danger. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, I and love the eighties. Even when even when it was a safe situation, you still feared for the baby's life, for being <laughs> dropped, or things right. dropped on it, or I mean, that, you know. That was not before, an official baby Bjorn that Willow was wearing. No, and this was before like prop babies too. <laughs> well, I. <laughs> so this movie has a lot of trivia, like a lot of trivia. And one of the things oh, I did good. read was like, good. like they used lots of different prop babies. They had an animatronic baby that would actually move while Willow was walking. Um, they had a rubber one that. So like, remember, like at the toward, towards the middle when Kale, the general with the skull face, whatever Skeletor, he's riding yeah. off. Like that baby's neck would have snapped the way he was holding it and riding. Like that Are you was saying General Kale doesn't know how to hold a baby. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. 
was this like were these um the the prop babies you could buy <laughs> asking for friends do you do you remember these it was like there was a they had a theme song and everything prop babies prop babies if you drop your baby dry a pop baby and it was it was for people that constantly dropped their babies and they is this real? What is happening? This feels like a Saturday Night Live commercial right now. This segment of Cheap Seat Reviews brought to you by Prop Babies. If you drop your baby, try Prop Baby. <laughs> Sean's looking this up. No, I'm yeah, not. I'm not. Exist. It doesn't exist. No, no I'm I, not. I'm totally making that up. That's yeah. not a real thing. Uh, no, no, I'm not. No, it's just... <laughs> But it just sounds like one of those sketches that would exist like in, in the eighties on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh my god. In a prior life I was a writer on SNL. Yeah, I, 80s, I, I believe so. it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay, Cameron. Yeah. Now uh, I want to hear yours, but at some point tonight I'm calling you out because I the, the couple episodes I've listened to you of yours, uh, of Green Shirt, you have um, gifted the world with your uh, Patrick Stewart accent. So, <laughs> so at some point you're gonna have to do your Patrick Stewart accent. Okay, I'll, everyone I quote in this movie will be played by Patrick Stewart. By well, by Cameron playing Patrick Stewart. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but you want the, you want my synopsis? Okay. Yes, please. Yeah, go ahead. A young farmer finds himself in possession of the one thing that can destroy an evil, magical tyrant intent on taking over all the lands. After initially resisting, he's forced to embark on a quest to protect this MacGuffin and deliver it to the one place it will be safe. Along the way, he'll befriend a comic relief duo, a cocky, swashbuckling rogue, a feisty princess, and a learned magic user who will teach him how to use the power within him. When it turns out that the safe place he was delivering the MacGuffin has been destroyed, the farmer must join a plucky group of resistance fighters to confront the evil empire head-on, discovering that all he had to do was trust in his own courage and power all along. What movie am I describing? <laughs> that's, that's a much better synopsis than what's on IMDb. Yeah, Let's just say cause... George Lucas had a type. Well, yes, he did. Yeah. George Lucas... Okay, so let's go here since we're here. So, so, we're here. so George Lucas wanted to direct a Lord of the Rings movie. He he read The Hobbit, was a big fan of it, and tried to buy the rights to The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings in the late 70s and 80s, trying mm -hmm. to produce his own. And, I remember that, yeah. And they said no. The who the powers, the, the I guess the estate. We don't uh, want you ruining it, well, George. Yeah, we don't want you adding to weird special <laughs> effects and stuff. Um, Rankin and Bass will do a much better job yeah, of ruining it. Yeah, remember, <laughs> Legolas shoots first, okay? So uh, so he couldn't do it. So once he got turned down, um, and once he was, uh, basically, he had credibility because of Star Wars, uh, he decided to make his own version. Yeah, and he wanted to become uh, Luke, uh, Tolkien. Tolkien. He to, to and this is... The world. This is not the first time this has happened, especially with the movie we've done for the podcast. If you remember, Sam Raimi wanted to direct the Batman, the 1989 Batman. And when yeah. Warner Brothers turned him down and gave it to Tim Burton, Sam Raimi said, I'll just go make my own superhero, dark, you know, vigilante guy, and we'll call him Darkman. Darkman. So, yeah. Heck yeah. yeah. Liam Neeson. Well, I, 
I do think it's funny because like everyone always says, oh, Willow, it's just a ripoff of Lord of the Rings. And, and like, look, I get it. I've said it. And yes, the first act is beat for beat Lord of the Rings. Nelwyn Village is the Shire. I mean, it's all the same. Yeah. But I really yeah. feel like once the quest embarks, like all the story beats change. Like, of course, there's all the similar tropes from any fantasy film. But the yeah. story beats are really different. What is it? I mean, it is Star Wars. Every single character trope, every single story beat is Star Wars with a fantasy veneer. And, uh, you know, that's just that's something I realized in my teens. It's a total ripoff of Star Wars. I mean, it's because Lucas is so dedicated to, uh, you know, the hero's journey mythology. But, uh, yeah, I don't care. If you're going to rip something <laughs> off, rip off something great like Star Wars and do it well. And I think it did. So, There's, Although technically, is it ripping off if it's his own idea? Oh, that's true. Well, yeah, and even right? Star Wars He's just is expanding. A... He's, he's taking his Star Wars idea and putting it in a different world, a different... A different a universe, even further away. Yeah. Well, there's actually a lot of fan theories that think that this is on a planet in the Star Wars universe, which mm. is why it's so different. Why there's magic and other things. You know, are they magic users or are they actually just using a version of the Force? Mm -hmm. You know, so mm -hmm. there's can well, Force change, change something into a two-headed dragon monster thing. Yeah. Why not? The Force well, is wait weird. and see what they do on the with the Disney Plus show. That's right. That is maybe, true. And, maybe, and I, maybe they're I, saw, it. I saw when uh, uh, I was researching Ron Howard, he is directing some of them. Yeah. Oh, is so he? I'm I'm he's, excited. He's yeah. producing and directing. I mean, he's show running, but he'll direct an episode or two. I think John oh, Favreau wow. directed an episode or two of yeah. The Mandalorian. So because because mm -hmm. let's let's put this right. You know, Lucas wrote this 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 thing, mm -hmm. and this is this reminded me a lot of why everybody loves Empire Strikes Back. Uh, so much where Lucas was the original writer, but somebody else took that vision and made it happen and did it well. And I, well, I don't even want to go into to my five word reviews yet, but I think Ron, Ronnie <laughs> did a, just an amazing job with the storytelling in this and, and keeping us in line um, with, uh, with just not going over the top. This could have been campy as hell. This could have been, a, a typical bad '80s bad special effects extravaganza, but I, I I'm just I gotta give uh, I gotta give him props for for what he did um, in this thing. Hundred percent, Sam. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So let's go ahead and do five words because I don't want it to be the three of us, you know, just giving this praise and Andrew saying, but. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. Andrew might not say that again. It. I don't know. Yeah. So, and Sam, let's go ahead and we'll we'll uh, we'll follow the the format and do our five words. All right. Um, my I've got two of them here. Um, and the first one is world building at its best, um, which I think all the different characters, all the different lands, all the different types of of things in here, even though they are some fantasy tropes, um, uh, tropisms in there. I, it looked lived in, right? It yes. looked like that's why we love those original Star Wars is because it looked lived in and it didn't look like they just put a brand new cloth on somebody on a horseback that should have been, you know, dirtied up or used. It just looked so good. Mm -hmm. And then my my real five word review is actually four words and it says an, an almost complete movie. <laughs> nice. And what I want to say about that is I think. The only problem that I can really come into this movie, and remember, 
I think I texted you guys when I was watching it. I don't remember a single thing from this whole this whole darn movie. Um, it's been so long that that I literally don't remember anything um, that happened. When you brought in the Queen, I wonder if Ron Howard, if he would have separated the Queen to make her more menacing, and given her minions to 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 go out and then eventually uh, announce her in the final act or or do something where. You know, she is just a presence instead of, you know, a character there on screen. It might have made her more imposing. But because it, it's kind of an 80s thing that, uh, you know, you show all the characters and you show the big bad. And, and I thought that was a little bit hokey, I guess, to bring her, um, bring the big bad in so early, I guess you could say. I don't know if I was hoping for a sequel. Um, yes. But... I can certainly. We all were. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, but there was I can a, certainly see where, where this could. Yeah, this could have. Um, this could have been a pretty amazing trilogy, or, or even a series like like I hope they're going to do, um, because they just oh just it was so good. It was so. What good. if what if he had done a trilogy though, and then went back and did a prequel series, <laughs> and then and then later someone else says we need. We need a sequel series as well. <laughs> I'm down. Yeah. Take my money. Yeah. <laughs> well, again, there was supposed to be... Um, so there, George Lucas did, in fact, go ahead and write three books for this. Oh, God. Oh, he did. Not, yeah. Oh, I did not know that. So there's, so there's the, this movie, and then there's also the books and other comic books that Marvel owns. There's a comic book hmm. series that... That con- okay. that continues oh, I didn't know the that that was. yeah I, I only know it because of the trivia it's not like I, I knew that but um, I was so excited for the books when they came out and, and I I couldn't make it past like three chapters of the first book it well, was yeah it's bad. It just it wasn't Willow like it it's I'm sure it might be a fine story but like they did everything they could like they Willow changes his name in it for some reason hmm. and it it becomes I've read like a synopsis of it later and it's like very sci-fi there's a lot of time travel involved and stuff. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm kind of just, I don't know. I don't know what I want from the new show. And I don't want this episode to be about the new show, but sure. it would be kind of neat to see that, you know, Willow has, has replaced the grand Nagus or whatever. He's Hi, called. Melvin. Yeah. Thank you. Hi, Alvin. Hi, Alvin. Yeah. You know, yeah. he's, he's replaced that guy. And there's, uh, there's the next adventure with the next, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I want Warwick. Laura Dannon, I'm sure. Yeah, Laura, and she's gonna have to be. She's gonna be queen by this point, you know. And 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 she needs his help for something, maybe to protect her kid. I don't know. Anyway, I don't want to get too far into that. Uh, Andrew, you got a five word? Yeah, I actually have two. So my first one is um, everything but the kitchen sink, (laughs) because literally this movie. Everything that you could possibly want in a movie is there, except for maybe a car chase. There's a cart uh, chase. Yeah, there is a cart chase. chase. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the other one that I have is, hey, the Jack Link Sasquatch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the trolls. Okay. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, maybe if they would have so, just given them some beef jerky, they wouldn't have been so. Mean. I, seriously, um, 
You know, I being I, I kind of don't want to say what I think about it until I hear what you guys say, but maybe I guess I'll just dive in. I I mean, yeah, it's where I'm at right now. Yeah, just kind of, just kind of. It's okay. Eh. It you can tell this is a George Lucas story, and I knew it right away, other than seeing the title on the screen. But I knew it because we start off biblically. You know, we start off with Moses and uh, <laughs> the story of Moses, which we saw biblical uh, attachments in Star Wars as well and some of his other stuff. So, I, you know, from right there, I saw that that he's it's I guess what I have trouble with is it's not original. I know that it's original as far as, you know, he wrote this and everything, but it's not original. Everything that's in this movie is taken from somewhere else. And like we, like you said earlier, if you steal from something and you make it your own, then I guess, I guess that's okay. But I don't know. It just, <laughs> I didn't really feel anything original in this. Maybe it's because I, I saw it after I've seen everything else. You know, I've seen Lord of the Rings. I've seen Neverending Story. I've seen the Chronicles of Narnia. I've seen The Hobbit. So I've seen all these fantasy movies, and this one just doesn't seem all that original to me. Which originality is not the only thing that makes a good movie. That there were some some good things that I appreciated in this. I felt like the um, not all of the acting was great, but <laughs> but a lot of it was okay. Um, and I don't know how well it has aged, but. Uh, it wasn't terrible. I, I don't know, and I know this is going to sound extremely, uh, I mean, you can just say that I'm a bad person, which is not the first time, I, but. You're a weird. bad person. Oh, sorry. I, this is an, a movie with an awful lot of little people, of shorter than normal people. Yeah. Am I? Am I just like living in some sort of, alternate reality am i like am i hiding hiding under a rock or something i don't even know how to say this i didn't realize that again i know this sounds terrible i didn't realize there were this many little people in the world <laughs> and they're all in this movie and if, and if you're a little person I, I seriously i mean no disrespect i just I, it's there's a lot in this movie I kind of thought the same thing. I was like, I there's more little people on screen right now than I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, That's I mean, I've Wizard seen. Of Oz. Well, even Wizard of Oz, I'm like, half of these people are children. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Uh, you know. And then here's the other thing that really got me, and I I hope that there's some trivia about this. I purposely did not look at the trivia because I wanted you to surprise me with it, but I hope that you're going to tell me that they scotch taped some string to this baby's face and made him do all these facial expressions <laughs> because made her do all these facial expressions because I've never seen a baby like make these expressions before unless they're pooping. And this one, I don't think it's pooping <laughs> unless you're just filming it the entire time. It, it was a very, these faces. It, she was very expressive. This baby. If acting yeah. is reacting, that baby deserves an Oscar. Like it is the uh, really? most emotive baby. No, I want to. If if there are any app developers listening right now, I want to work with you to create an app called Emoji Dannon, 
that just replaces all the emojis on my fane phone with faces of Alora Dan because she covers the entire range of emotions in this movie. She really does. Yeah. <laughs> now I do yeah, and between her and Willow's kids, it's like the cutest movie kids ever. Yeah. This film yeah. has and somewhat yeah. creepy. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that um. Ron Howard just has that way, I guess. Maybe well, he's, I, I do know. have I do have one bubble to to burst on on the on the Laura Dannon, and that's oh. production oh, no. went so long that the original girl grew too big, <laughs> <laughs> so she got replaced about halfway through filming. So with a prop baby, it was the. I just, <laughs> I just figured that they took a like a. 27 year old girl and wrapped her face in a blanket and had her making these faces. So the little like tuft to curly hair that you see, that's that's a wig that they put on oh, they put on with you like totally, you just ruined the magic. <laughs> it's not glue because yeah. glue is bad for their skin, but it's like it's like candy almost. Uh like uh like a sugar <laughs> like honey, basically. Mm -hmm. Um <laughs> but yeah, about halfway through filming it's a different baby. <laughs> and I and well, I and never noticed that. I mean I I never knew that, but well. You put was the same wig on them, all babies look alike. Yeah. Was it that she got older, or did they drop her? Oh, <laughs> uh, no. we need a new baby. Drop yeah. that they one. They should have practiced with the drop baby first. I, yep. I do and, have some really more great trivia about the baby that's just going to it's gonna be really great, so I'm looking forward to that. How, how often do I get to say that phrase? <laughs> By the way, and, and let me piggyback a little bit on what Andrew had to say mm -hmm. um, about seeing everything before. I think the, the three of us who watched it in the 80s uh, saw a film at that point that hadn't been oversaturated, right? The, the fantasy movies we saw back then were incredibly tropey and incredibly campy, except for Willow. Willow was took, taken very seriously and, and, and brought us a world that we wanted to see. This is as close as we got to a real-life uh, uh, Lord, Lord of the of Rings. The Rings. Yeah. yeah, Sam, you are um, a kindred spirit. <laughs> Everything you said, I have notes on. Yeah, yeah. So I think what happened was is Andrew, you've seen obviously you've seen the, all the, the Lord of the Rings movies, and you've seen the way fantasy can be done now, and and how it's entered the mainstream, and the the type of fantasy that we all love, this serious, um, non campy fantasy. Um, is you know Game of Thrones, all that sort of stuff is is all mainstream. Back then, this this was this was not what we would see. The Game of Thrones obviously wouldn't happen back then, but it just wasn't taken as seriously. And I think by seeing it after we've seen all of these amazing fantasy films, uh, I could see it be a little disappointing because it's it's made in the eighties and you know a little special effects here and there, and, and it's kind of. You know, it just doesn't, it can't, it just can't measure up to Lord of the Rings um, that Peter Jackson did. Yeah, I mean, but we, in this, in, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, in the same way, um, we've got, uh, we've got the Star Wars films that used a ton of material from John Carter of Mars. And when John Carter of Mars came out, well, after all these Star Wars films, we thought, oh, man, all those things have been done before. This is boring. I, I've seen all this before. And people kind of pooped on John Carter because they thought it was unoriginal, whereas the, the story actually came out before all the Star Wars stories did. So I think it's kind of that same idea where it's – it's sorry, the dog is attacking me. Um, <laughs> where it's that same idea where it depends on what you see first. Yeah, well, I mean – 
kind of, it's probably the only time I'm ever going to compare Lucas with Tarantino, but they both like take pre-existing things and remix them, right? Like exactly. Lucas yeah. takes mythology and, and these B movies and Flash Gordon remixes it into something new. Yeah. We've seen everything uh, in Willow, like Willow uses stuff from Labyrinth and Legend and Neverending Story, but it kind of all mixes it in and puts it in this Lord of the Rings type story. I mean, Sam, you nailed it. This was the closest we got to Lord of the Rings other than the animated versions at this time. Um, so yeah, I, I just think that, and then, and I mean, you hit the nail on the head with like the art direction and the world building. I put effortless world building and yeah, it, like we all praise alien and star Wars, like ushered in the, the era of, um, like lived in science fiction, right? Like, Oh, guess yeah. what? In the future, things get old still and break, <laughs> right? Surprise, surprise. Yeah. And it kind of took fantasy like five to 10 more years to get there to be like, oh, maybe like every cat, everything isn't a fairy tale. It's not all perfect and beautiful. Like things get dirty. People, not everyone <laughs> has a toilet in, in, in these worlds. <laughs> like, like in this movie, Sorsha is the only person who looks like she's seen the inside of a shower. And it's great. Like everyone is dirty and sweaty. And uh, I just, I think I, I felt, I feel like I got off tangent, but I just love all that. I love no. all that about the yeah. movie. Yep. Well, Cameron, since you have the microphone, why don't you go ahead and do your uh, five-word review? Yeah, I don't have anything quite as um, clever, but I, I just put, oh, Willow, you are great. Nice. Uh, <laughs> you are, yeah. I I loved this movie as a kid growing up, for sure. I love all, I love all 80s fantasy movies. I mean, there's great ones. But yeah, I mean, I feel like Willow just kind of like reached the apex of all of them, built off all of them. Um, and then as I got older, you know, I kind of feel like Willow does have a reputation of being like a guilty pleasure or like a B movie at best. And and so as I got older, I kind of started seeing things where like, oh, maybe this is what they were talking about. Uh, but I am so glad you guys invited me on to talk about it, because as I like watched it this most recent time with a very critical eye, like I've kind of like justified all those things that I thought <laughs> were issues. And now I'm like, no, no, this movie nails all that. So mm -hmm. even even as an adult, I, I think this thing holds up. I I love Willow. Like just hearing that opening theme music immediately makes me a nine year old kid oh, again. Yeah. Now I, I I missed that, but I will say that I was so pleased to hear something again from James Horner that I haven't heard before. You know. <laughs> because well, I haven't seen the movie. And yeah. I love James Horner and we you know, we lost him way too soon. But way too soon. Um yeah. but it was great, and even, you know, it was maybe not his best work, but it was still really good scoring yeah. until yeah, I mean, the I very think, end of the movie. Yeah, Willow and the Laura Danis <laughs> things I think are great. I, yeah. I did. I think I was watching Avatar when I was like, "Wait a second, is General Kale about to ride in and attack these Navi?" Because I discovered <laughs> James Horner uses the exact same musical cue for every villain in his movies. So it's that trumpet oh, yeah. that da 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 da. He, Thank you guys. Yes. Yeah, yes. he uses that. Yeah, you're talking to three music people here. So okay, okay. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, I was kind of hoping you could confirm that because I yeah, yeah. So he uses it. I can very. I can confirm. This was the first time I heard that trumpet riff. Uh, the second time I heard it and pointed out was at Enemy of the Gates. Okay. Um, the, uh, the the Jude Law yeah. sniper. Every time we see the German sniper man. You hear that da 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 da. You know, you hear that part. <laughs> That's so good. Oh, thanks. And then, and then, of course, they play it. He used it a lot in in Avatar. Um, when whenever the yeah. general is about to bomb the tree or whatever, like you, they, they, they use <laughs> mm -hmm. that. But he uses that bit a lot. Yeah. You're, you're not wrong. He uses it a lot. So, 
Yeah, the score is great. And Andrew, I think you would have heard it because I know I inserted it in our intro, you know, static interstitial that we're going to get sued for one day. But, um, <laughs> yes. you know, I know you've heard it before, but it's, it is well, good. I, yeah. Since I didn't know the movie, I didn't know what I was listening to. Sure, though. that's fair. And, yeah. and it's funny. So this time while watching it, someone commented, I don't think it was you, Cameron. It was, uh, it was another podcast I was talking to about, about Willow and they, they said that they, they used the theme song too much, that James Horner repeats himself hmm. too much, that dun da dum bum bum ba dum the, the hero theme. And so I was listening for it very specifically this time, and I only remember hearing it really distinctively three different times. And I thought, that's not that's not too bad. You know, during the because the first time I really heard it was during the the cart chase. The mm-hmm. the second time was the um, mountaintop snow fight scene, mm-hmm. and then at the um, I guess there's four times. There's the the defense of the castle, right when he does the home alone of the castle, and then the, the two <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. the two headed dragon, and then I <laughs> well, guess any anytime Ed Mardigan's fighting, right? Pretty much like, anytime. Oh yeah, yeah it is. Yeah, I mean, theme, I read yeah. the same thing, and so I did the same thing. I look. I mean, it's he, it's a very theme heavy score for sure but yeah. i love those i mean lord of the rings is very theme heavy too like everyone has their theme and they get used whenever those characters are doing things that object is on screen uh so at some other times you hear it i i love how they use mad morgan's theme the first time you hear it is when he's in the cage and he's giving his like emotional spiel to willow he's like if i had someone in my life a baby perhaps <laughs> like you hear it start to come in and then yeah. it kind of like falters and falls <laughs> away as if it's like almost as if like the music gods are like oh Wait, he, this is bullshit. Never mind. Yeah, and uh, I, I just love that. I love how it's used. And then the best time it's used, and I'm sorry if I interrupted you before you got to it's it. It's fine. Is at the very end uh, when Willow finally realizes, like, ah, every, everyone's getting beat up by Bath Morda. I've got to go in and save the Lord Dan. And he enters Bath Morda's room, and Willow earns Mad Mardigan's theme. Like it plays for Willow for the first and only time in the movie. And like you just you really feel that moment for Willow when he finally becomes the hero of the story. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's the hero the whole time, but like when he realizes he's the hero. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. When so he, when he points the finger back at himself, that's right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So my five word review, I cheated. Um, I, I did. Would. Yeah. Well, I knew you or Andrew was <laughs> only going to do a four word. So I did six. So I could steal one of your oh, words. Oh man. <laughs> okay. There's almost always some credit. So I, I did two, but both of them were six. So <laughs> the first one was, Ignore the bird, follow the river. <laughs> I just, I love that Life line. And, and for some reason, it just, it kind of reminds me of the movie. It's like, ignore the fact that, yeah, this is stuff we've seen before. Just follow the river. Just enjoy the ride. Ignore the blue screen effects. Yeah. 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 Although you have to admit, some of them were so well done well, in this, this is, movie. I mean, oh, for this the movie 80s. Is- pushing yeah. the level of technology oh, at the time it's yeah. still Love it's it. still ilm right this is not yeah. you know yeah. dude in his garage this is big budget ilm you know i mean terminator they, 2 judgment day literally uses the software they wrote for this movie yeah it's it the so first time good. they use that morphing effect i i never watched the tv show heroes did any of you guys watch the tv show yeah, yeah. season yeah. one and then it died in season two a painful death so uh, I, I watched the whole thing though I, I never watched it, but I knew the line, so I wrote, save the baby, save the world. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There you go. Um, nice. And then another quote that I, 
I uh, I wrote down. So the movie starts, and I mean we're thirty seconds into the movie, and then I pause it, and I have to have this conversation with my wife because she always watches the movies with me. And I said, "Do you think? Obviously, we wouldn't have a movie if we did this, but do you think the reason why the prophecy is fulfilled is because she, uh, Bad Morta." Here's the prophecy, and therefore fulfills it. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy, <laughs> because if she that sounds that sounds about right. Because yeah. if she hears there's going to be a girl that's going to rise up and kill you, and if she does nothing, then odds are no, that girl, no one knows who she is, right? Because she's like born of some peasant. She just grows mm-hmm. up, and and nothing happens. But because she made her important, and she forced others to rally around the baby, she creates her own doom right like it's a so so the line that i wrote down it reminded me have you guys ever seen kung fu panda yeah oh yeah so so it reminded me yeah 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 yeah. so it reminded me of the line that ugwe says to to shifu when he says one often meets his destiny on the road he takes to avoid it that's Mm. what it reminds me Ah. So I mean, there's one thing we've learned from fiction is that if you hear a prophecy about yourself, like just give in. There's nothing you can do to stop <laughs> yeah, it. Right. Yeah. If you try to stop yeah. it, it's going to happen. If you don't, yeah, stop live it, it's your life happen. until it happens. Yeah, just, just until Harry go. Potter kills you, just let it go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Or but don't waste the energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it just comes back to. I mean, you're right. If 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 Voldemort doesn't go to try to kill Harry, if he just leaves him alone. Then he probably ends up taking over the world or something. So it's his own fault. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this movie breaks my rule, right? So the other two guys, Cameron, you don't know this, but I have like a weird maybe rule's not the right word, but like a measuring stick. If I take a lot of notes, that usually means I didn't like the movie because that means I'm spending so much time writing and not watching the movie. However, because I've seen this movie so many times, there were parts that I wanted to make sure I got to talk about. So I wrote many, many, many notes. And also I could look down away from the screen because I've seen it. So this is one of those movies where I have, I actually have to scroll up and down to view my notes. Cause I took so many. Um, and we're not going to go through obviously all of them, but uh, some of the things that reminded me, I think Andrew mentioned that it's this very uh, star Warsy is like, are the two brownies, are they the R2 and C3PO of this movie? They're the comic relief for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's so, but you know what? And isn't one of those the the guy from um, my yeah. big fat Greek wedding or Jason uh, somebody? Uh, I forget his name. Yeah, um, Cameron. You're m- muted. Uh, driving Miss, not driving Miss Daisel. Wait, maybe um, it's not Jason. The, the the fabulous Mrs. Daisel or whatever her name. Marvelous Kevin Mrs. Maisel. Kevin Pollock. Kevin Pollock. There you go. Yes. Thank you. Yes, yeah, the short one's Kevin Pollock, and he's really funny. And Cameron, you're muted. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure what you said was brilliant. (laughs) I was like, wow, these guys really want to get those points out. Okay. Yeah. By the way, um, Kevin Pollock has an amazing podcast called Alchemy This, which is is him and a bunch of other actors improvising. Oh, um, scenes and it's it's really good because I know his Kevin Pollock chat show podcast. I mean, that was honestly like the first podcast I ever got into, and he tells a lot of great Willow stories in it. Yeah. Oh, oh really? I didn't know that. Okay, I I oh. have to. We have to go here real quick because Sam, you brought it up, and this is great. So in the trivia, one of the piece of trivia I, I captured during his off hours from shooting, Kevin Pollock and Rick Overton, who was the other brownie, 
would hit up a bar in San Rafael, California, <laughs> where they ended up performing improv. So you're making, ah, making it improv. There There's a connection. One of the audience members noticed and proceeded to get up on stage and participate. That person was Robin Williams. <gasps> oh, my oh how cool. And Pollock, oh, already wow. a fan of Robin Williams, ended up just stepping back and watching Williams perform. I think that's amazing. <laughs> oh, that is awesome. It's yeah. just amazing. Talk about experience. Although that's kind of like, uh, I mean, it's <laughs> kind of a D-hole move, right? Like, you're Robin Williams. <laughs> you're one of the most famous comics of the time. You see some up-and-comers up on stage, and you're like, yeah, I'm just going to go over and take over. Yeah. over. <laughs> Well, I mean, 80, 88, right? I mean, is I mean, Robin Williams at this point is known for Mork and Mindy and some stand-up, right? I mean, he's not like Robin yeah, Williams. Guess. He's not Mrs. Doubtfire yet, you know? No, saying? no, like he's, yeah, he's yeah. not Aladdin or anything. But, I mean, Mork and Mindy, he was he was he's known. known. Yeah, he's still known. Yeah. But just the fact, I mean, the fact that he's just at this bar and he's like, hey, this will be fun. I don't know. That's I, true. I, that's I think true. that's, I think it was probably meant to be more well-intended yeah. than maybe... Maybe I don't mean to speak ill of the dead. Well, sure. I mean, yeah. yeah. Uh, a couple of notes I'm going to cook through here real quick, and then um, we'll, we'll, I don't know, we'll do something else. Um, <laughs> uh, I did write, the only reason why they would make camp in the mountains is so that they can have the cool sled scene later, because you yeah. would never make camp yeah, there. That, that is something <laughs> that I thought of for the this time around, or you know, for I was like, why are they up in the very top of this mountain? Yeah, you know, is this so the quickest way to knock Marty? No yeah. sense. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's a village just down below. Go, like you're you're the Nakamar army. Just go kick those villagers out of their houses and sleep there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and that sled scene, like, look, the sled scene, I admit, is cheesy, but it's so much fun. And my kids lost their minds when Mad Morgan falls off and turns into a snowball. <laughs> I, it, that is, it doesn't make any sense. And it's stupid, but I laughed as a kid. Cartoony. Yeah. But yeah, it's also yeah. a very 80s thing. 80s movies love to put these sequences in that they were like, we're going to get a, a, a theme park ride off of this. You yeah. got, like, the Goonies water slide sequence. You got E.T. Yeah. bike riding. Like, I, it was a... It was a it's a big thing in the 80s. Yeah, yeah that oh. note specifically was movies and cartoons in the 80s taught us that if you roll down a snow hill, <laughs> you will turn into a giant ball. <laughs> of the fakest looking snow ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure what that was, like foam or something, but it was. It yeah. still made me laugh. I mean, to yeah. like last night I was watching this. I was still laughing. I just, I didn't care. I know it was dumb. I mean, <laughs> Andrew, did that, that part work for you or was that just roll your no. eyes? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, literally, I, I thought, well, okay, we've reached <laughs> ultimate cheese here. Yeah, <laughs> I, I won't try to defend that scene. No, I'm not defending it. I still, I just think it's funny. I just, yeah. I'm not saying it's great. I just think it's funny. Um, I also do like that he. Uh, so the whole, I don't know. How do we feel about the using the love potion as an excuse to be <laughs> a little rapey? <laughs> Right, <laughs> like a little uh, again, a little uh, definitely late eighties or you know eighties. You know you you really couldn't. Could you do something? Yeah. Could you do that scene nowadays? I I don't I, I don't I mean, know. What? You couldn't kiss her in her sleep. I, I mean that's the most that's as. But he still did bad, kind right? of force the kiss later on as the tin is collapsing. Yeah, she she leans yeah. into that. You she does though. She totally does. She does. Yeah, she she wants I, it. Man, yeah. Sorsha has some stuff going on at home. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yes, the, the love story is also one of those things. that's like, uh, but like, I think 
they give you just enough breadcrumbs that you're like, yeah, Sorsha's definitely has some mommy issues. She uh, she probably hasn't been with a lot of guys. Like, I mean, certainly no guys like Mad Mardigan, no one who's going to spout poetry to her and then, like, put a blade to their throat. Uh, although I do also just kind of love the idea that maybe Sorsha didn't fall for Mad Mardigan. Maybe she was just looking at him and was like, oh, it would piss my mom off so much if I brought this guy home for dinner. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, I, yeah, I mean, as a, as a kid, like that, what I thought that was the height of romance. Like yeah. as a preteen, I was like, I, one day I will say that to a girl that you were my moon, my sun, my starlit sky. And <laughs> without I, you, I dwell I, in I, darkness. I may have written yeah. in a love note or two that I always chickened out on sending, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was wondering. So, so Andrew, did that part work for you at all? Like the love, like when her, when she turns, are you just looking at her going, but why? <laughs> Partially, I mean, we we saw it coming, and I was kind of prepared for it, but <laughs> I don't know. Uh, have if I had seen this in the '90s, maybe early '90s, it might have worked for me uh, as a as a little tot. But uh, as an adult, I don't know. <laughs> Serious question though that we need to figure out, guys. We got to get to the bottom of this. How does the dust of broken hearts work? Because Rule gets knocked by it and sees a cat and falls in love with the cat. I, now, I was like, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I, the only thing I can think of is whoever it hits, whichever female, I guess whatever female he sees. <laughs> but but he, yeah. Mad Martigan sees both Finn Brazel and, I mean, I hate to say it, but a Laura Dannon. Like, and he obviously doesn't fall in love with either of them. Yeah, it's true. So yeah, I think Rule true. just has a thing for cats. Like, Maybe. as a secret... Kink. Well, he is scared of rats. He has the rat dream. So maybe <laughs> I don't know. Like you're right. Maybe he does have like a weird thing the, with the, cats. The enemy of my enemy is my sex object. I don't know. I, I do yeah. love the '80s okay. trope though that when he gets scared, he jumps up 12 feet. Yes. Oh yeah. yeah. That's a good yeah. '80s trope. <laughs> um, the brownies are a bit cartoonish. So yes. we're going to go back a conversation because again, I have more information, and I I actually so there's a deleted scene that I Ooh. wish actually was in the movie in like a director's cut. And that's when Sorsha gets to the castle and the dragon thing is happening and she's looking for the baby. She's, she's looking around and realizing that all these, these, these stone frozen people, right. And one of them is her dad. Oh, and Ooh. she actually like breaks part of the stone, or whatever. So she can talk to him. And he's like, he, they actually have a conversation. He says, your mother did this. She killed all these people. She's evil. You need to side with Willow and the baby. You need to defeat your mom because she's evil. Maybe there's probably better dialogue in there. But basically, dad <laughs> is the one that is like, you need to help these people. And so that's part... He pushed her over the edge, basically. Yeah, that's, why, that's part of the reason why she changes sides. As opposed to, because when I was a kid, I didn't care what her motivation was. I just cared that, in my opinion, the hot lady chose the hot dude, <laughs> and they got to kiss a little bit. Like, cause, and I'm just a sucker for like a good redemption story. Yeah, too. exactly. It, it is. Yeah. It, it is that. But I think I think it may have cheapened it if that were in the movie. You think to so? Be honest. I, I could see it. It depends how it was handled. But yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I, I, I think it's more organic. Or maybe, mm. or maybe she sees. Wait, wait, so her father has like a stone 
is he in like a stone prison inside a statue? Yeah, because remember when Those... they walked around, there's people frozen like in stone or whatever. And, and tears yeah. lean. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Tears lean. Yeah, yeah. And and you see the the, I guess she's still a crow at this point. She says, "This is the work of Bad Morda." Like she has already been here and laid waste to this to this castle. Mm. This um, place is cursed, Peck. Yes, and it has trolls. Oh, I hate trolls. Troll dung. Yeah. I can, I, can I ask a question of the pod? Of course. Uh, or at least um, at least Sam and Andrew, since they were kind of newbies. Sam, what, you know, couldn't remember. It's just it's just the Alzheimer's in me. Just, uh... <laughs> I was just wondering what, I mean, when, uh, when Willow went up for his test, what did you guys think the correct answer was? Which finger would you have chosen? I thought it was on the staff. Oh. I wouldn't have chosen anything the guy was giving me. I would have had to choose the staff. <laughs> Honestly, I saw, I saw the the actual answer before mm-hmm. it even was asked. You know, <laughs> uh, so and, and again, I don't know if that's because I've seen so many fantasy movies at this point in my life that I expected that. Yeah, it's, yeah, but yeah, yeah, it's I saw it coming. We we've seen it. Yeah. I mean, and Andrew, you have the the disadvantage of having seen The Matrix, where there is no spoon, or you've seen Kung Fu <laughs> right. Panda, where there is no secret ingredient, right? Like, you've mm-hmm. seen those tropes, and so I'm trying to think: Did they do the false thing, the false MacGuffin, or whatever, in Lord of the Rings? I don't think they did. Um, um, there's some other movies where, like, they give you the Oh, they do it in uh, Space Jam, right? It's it's Michael Jordan's secret formula juice stuff, and then they give it right. to the players, and they all think that they're special, and then he turns oh, out that yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. water. Right? Well, it I mean, it's out also to be the sweat from his his <laughs> back, well, <laughs> side that, that drips down out of his shorts. Well, that would be special. Menards. Yeah. No. <laughs> Call that. Nart. <laughs> oh, oh uh, he just wants yeah, to. Yeah, I mean, well, it's, it's the end of Star Wars. It's you know, don't use your your targeting computer, the answer is within you. Yeah. It's internal, not external. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah. It's just, you know, it's impossible for me to look at this with any sort of objectivity or know what I thought the first time I watched. So it's fun to get your perspectives. Mm -hmm. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong, guys, uh, because you've seen a lot of movies. You guys have done a lot of these podcasts. So you've seen at least 342 movies. Yep. I, I believe this is the first and maybe the only time that a film has ever employed Chekhov's disappearing pig trick. Is that is that a true statement? Oh, that's that might be the case. Yeah. If you disappear a pig in the first act, it's got to disappear in the third. That's not a real question, Sean. No, I'm thinking about something <laughs> similar though. I'm not, not not specifically the pig. Obviously, the pig part is is you know delicious, original, original to this to this idea. But but something not not not. Yeah, I mean, I guess we have seen it, uh, you know, pretty recently. Uh, like when we watched Enola Holmes, right? She tries the the fighting move and it fails in the first act. She tries the the move in the second act and it fails. But the third act, not only does it succeed, but she accidentally kills the guy. So, um, <laughs> spoiler, I guess. But anyway, yeah, I think you're right. This would definitely be the first time we have Chekhov's pig. Nice. Yeah, I like it. Chekhov's pig. That might be the name of the episode. I'm, I think that I think I don't think we can get much better than that. Chekhov's gun is a recurring joke on Green Shirt too, so I had to had to stay on brand. Oh sure, sure, sure. Uh, I mean, weird. I assume that you're making a Chekhov as in from the Star Trek universe character, <laughs> right? right? You know. 
Pavel Chekhov's pig. Occasionally we get high culture, highbrow enough to go back to Anton Chekhov. Sure. Yeah. Um, Um, Yeah. Oh, well, just I was going to ask when um, they go to that tavern where he meets Mad Mardigan Mm -hmm. for the second time, would you describe that place as a hive of scum and villainy? (laughs) I mean, accurate. It's a, I mean, it's it, it, it does They're feel like happy, that. though. I mean, there's a lot of happy people in that. In that <laughs> I don't know. Tavern. The second they see Peck, they are not happy. Peck you, Willow. Yeah. Oh, I'm a horrible person. Uh, take another shot. Uh-huh. Do you think that um, it didn't occur to me at the time when I was watching this younger, but it occurred to me this time. Do you think the reason why he asked the woman if she had any fresh milk because she was a woman? Sure. Like, uh, yeah. I'm not. I, I'm I not the roles are way. pretty well defined in this world like i'm not asking for milk because you might be the barmaid and have access to cow milk i'm asking you because you're a woman and endowed oh. and might be able to breastfeed this child i didn't read oh that. okay yeah as a yeah. as a virgin willow watcher i uh <laughs> not well virgin being to the movie mm-hmm. i have children sure. just so <laughs> <laughs> I've at least done it twice. So, um, <laughs> or at least at least a cup. Yeah, I I haven't. Uh, wow. I didn't read it that way when okay. I when I saw it. I didn't really. I was just curious. It's just one of those dumb notes that I wrote. Like, I wonder if this is a thing. <laughs> uh, let's see. Last couple of things. I do love it. The scene that the in the at the 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 tavern. When Lug comes in, and <laughs> as soon as he sees there's another woman who has large apple breasts, and he just immediately starts grabbing her and groping her, and and he's like, "You want to <laughs> breed?" But but my favorite part, I still laugh, is when he realizes that Mad Mardigan's not a woman, and he just says, "Gentlemen, meet Lug," and ducks, and he just starts beating the crap out of these soldiers. Like the soldiers don't care that this giant is beating them up. We have to chase Mad Mardigan, but like. Paul Bunyan is kicking your ass here. Like, let's, let's, <laughs> it, it cracked me up. It, it still makes me laugh. Uh, last few notes here. Let's see. I'm glad Eric stopped to pick up the brownies on the way down. That was nice of him to do that. The brownies always find a way. Yeah, they do. Man, talk about, you know, steps, right? For every one step of even Willow, you know, these brownies are, are going like a mile yeah. uh, in, in steps for them. It's just crazy. The brownie mile. A brownie mile, yeah. Uh, let's see. Here's a random little thing. So I play Clash Royale on my phone, and it's a you know it's a game that you know, spun off of the Clash of Clans, and there's a character that you can play that is called Mother Witch, and Mother Witch turns your enemies into pigs, mm. and I 100 percent oh. think that they. Got the inspiration from, from this oh, movie. Yeah. I think so. Well, I, I have to imagine because that was like the stuff of nightmare fuel for kids back in the day. Like <laughs> anyone who watched that movie, that scene. Uh-huh. I will say I that's one of the things I remembered was uh, Vin Diesel there um, getting the, the, <laughs> the teeth uh, oh, popping yeah. out, uh, the, the yeah. bottom teeth coming in. And, yeah. Oh yeah, so I did remember that. That's you, you, Cameron. You watched this with your kiddos. Did they? Did they yeah. have any kind of weird reaction to that moment or? No, they were fine with that. Um, I mean, my, my, my kid watches a lot of dark stuff. He's named after the Neverending Story, so he's seen that. Um, nice. yeah, I mean, he's seen a lot of like, the, Moon dark, Ch- Moon Child? the dark 80s stuff. Moonchild? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's not named Moonchild. He's a train. Oh, okay. All right. uh, <laughs> oh, that's awesome, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
No, yeah, he. I think like the first time we watched it, he 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 was really into the rat dogs, and I I love the rat dog effects. Like it wears yeah, the effect so on. Good. Right? Yeah, I mean, you know what it is, but it looks so real and visceral. I'll, I'll take them over the wargs any day. And the sound, the yeah. sound they make is so good. Yeah. So he was into it the first time we watched it. The second time I put it on, he did kind of freak out when they showed up. So I think I think the, the, the rat dogs had an effect on him. My daughter, though, loved this movie. I should tell the story. And, like, you know, 10 years ago or when I was a kid, if you told me that all my daughter wanted to do with me would be to play willow i would have been like oh yes i'm doing something right as a parent because <laughs> oh, wow. all the time i'll come home she's like let's play willow daddy let's play willow and yeah it was great the first couple times but all playing willow means to her is i have to call her a lord dan and that's rule number one and rule number two since she's a baby i just have to carry her everywhere while she tells me which room <laughs> is which location from the movie okay go upstairs to your bedroom that's the mountains now okay now go down here this is the the river and like okay are, are you gonna like interact with me is there any yeah. role playing or am i no i'm just carrying you around the house now okay. do, you, do you do you carry her at all times or do you use a prop baby <laughs> <laughs> i practice with the prop baby first okay so practice with sure. the prop safety baby. first okay. yes absolutely, absolutely. And then you take a uh, a cardboard box down the stairs and, uh, as the sled, you know, like yes. And then you need you uh you need to wrap up your uh, your son in big foam, and he can be the snowball bit. <laughs> That's the <laughs> only time he'll ever play. Is like every once in a while, I'll be like, "Hey, Trey, do you want to play Mad Mardigan rolling down the hill now?" And he's like, "Okay." Yeah. <laughs> we'll put you in the sleeping bag and roll you down. You'll be great. Uh, let's see. Uh, last couple of things. I always thought Eric's hand sword thingy was really dumb. I just think that's oh, a, yeah. I yeah, always but, loved it. I, as a kid, I, I thought that. as a kid, I thought it was cool. Now I look at it and go, "That's so impractical. You're losing, uh, you're yeah. losing so much power." <laughs> with, I, just, yeah. I thought the same thing. <laughs> just, <laughs> I love social swords. I love the swords in this. No, I mean uh, mm -hmm. the yeah, a Skeletor sword was gnarly and massive. Yeah. Like yes. I want to like yeah. forget forget you know the the Game of Thrones swords. That's the prop sword I want. Oh, that thing was yeah. God, it was huge. And his mask. I love I love how Kale just bellows all of his lines. Now you die. Yeah, he Slay the beast, find the child. He he like, uh, he does it feels like he has a, a theatrical background. I also feel like maybe the first couple times he didn't yell so loud, but since he just has like a straight plate in front of his face, basically yeah. like none no one could understand him. And <laughs> yeah. uh, what, what's that journal? Could you speak up? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Bane. We can't understand you. Can you? <laughs> also, probably because there's with the brownies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there is like one shot when uh, you know Mad Mad Mardigan. I love the it, it's obvious, but I love the scene where Mad Mardigan's waving the sword and everyone backs off and runs because of the dragon behind him. Yeah. Uh, and and then he realizes and runs back. And it's the only time you really get a close up of the Nakmar army. And they are all like old dudes in their sixties and seventies, yeah. like to a T every one of them. Yeah. I don't know where they got those extras. I I thought that too. And I thought the same thing. It's like, why are these guys all old? I just, <laughs> have, have they killed off all of their youngins? All they could afford at the time. Come yeah. on. Yeah. yeah. But that was, I mean, I guess kind of other than, I guess the 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 snow part and that moment are the two really kind of cartoon moments, you know, like standing next to the bad guys, yeah, and they just kind of look at each other like, are we supposed to kill him now, or should like he's here? Should I grab him? No, okay, yeah. you know, like 
it's it's like the movie it's like the human equivalent of like when the the ground falls but the coyote just stays there for a moment before gravity <laughs> yeah, kicks yeah. in right yeah. I, I mean i think both of those moments though do work as well as they do which for me is pretty well because of the acting i mean i i think the acting for the vast majority of the movie is pretty great like they at yeah. least they're all they all believe what they're doing yeah. like there's no phoning it in i mean val kilmer is amazing like he can sell anything and and uh, Warwick Davis, I mean, he was 19 when he made this. 17. That's impressive. 17. Yeah. Like, I, I think wow. he carries the movie. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, absolutely. They, they can definitely sell it. And as a matter of fact, they're the reason I invested in Drop Baby. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. But they sell it. You hadn't even seen the movie, but you knew. You, uh, I knew. You know, I was like, these guys All are the spokespeople. Well, and, and Warwick Davis got the role because he was wicked in... Return of the Jedi. Yeah, Lucas yeah. liked yeah. it so much. He 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 was so kind of enchanted by how good of an actor he was in a mask when he was well, I guess it, you know okay four or five uh, years younger. Back, back up. Okay. <laughs> back up. Just mm -hmm. rewind that a second. Rip, rip, whop, yep, yep. He he was impressed by this man in a suit Boy. with no lines. Where you never saw his face, so you he, can't see his reactions and his facial expressions. He says things. He's just well, staying. To be fair, he had a smaller yeah, part originally. Like they did. made him like the featured Ewok because then, he could uh, yeah. mind so made, well in the suit. And then they made two Ewok movies, which are on <laughs> Disney Plus, and we will watch for this podcast. Gosh oh, dang wow. it! I, and oh, I've yeah. seen, I've seen at least one of them. Yeah. But uh, I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, there's, there's, how many other times that we've seen that? We're like, oh, they, they cast, I mean, okay. We've seen it like the really bad version, right? We watched Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets, right? Like the, what did Luke Besson see <laughs> from that guy and thought, that's the guy I want in my movie, right? Because there's something yeah. that happened. He's like, that's the lead. And then. You know what I'm saying? There's, I don't know. It, it. Well, I he's think he's been good in other movies, but has he? I think I don't know. The one where they get powers by accident and they like terrorize the yeah, town. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I've not Chronicle. seen it, Chronicle, but I heard it was good Chronicle. and he was good in yeah, it. But yeah, yeah. But he's bad in Amazing Spider-Man too, and he's really <laughs> bad in Valerian. I mean, really bad. Mm-hmm. Uh -huh. So, yeah, anyway. I, I'm not going to argue that. Go back and listen to the episode. You get to hear an hour and 15 minutes of us talking about how bad he is. <laughs> well, I'll just nod and go, mm hmm. Yeah. It, 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 I don't hope you see what I'm saying. It's kind of like saying uh, we, we're going to give Alec Baldwin the part on 30 Rock because of that scene in Beetlejuice when he was in the sheet as the ghost. <laughs> but he, yeah, did, I mean, he was look, such a good actor in that one scene. He also <laughs> spent time with him off, you know, out of the guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> It's not like he only saw the movie that he was making. Well, <laughs> and, and, and going back to, to Andrew's point, he needed Hobbit-sized people in this movie. Sure. He was around Hobbit-sized people as Ewoks, yeah. if not children, right? And he knew that Warwick would be able to, had some sort of acting chops yeah. and had a look, right? He had seen him personally, even even with the mask off, he'd seen this guy personally. So, so um, he, he pecked a peck a pickle peck. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Saving that or did that just come oh to you? <laughs> I, I was sitting on that one for a while. Oh 
good. That's good. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Thank you, Andrew. Uh, last couple notes I'm going to get to before I do clips because I have a lot of clips. Uh, let's see. I never understood why the magic hurt his wrist. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I thought the same thing. I was like, that must be one really heavy stick. <laughs> He's straining really hard to say those words, and it's just hurting it. My question there was always, like, what was Willow's long game in that scene? Like, like he didn't know Beth Morda was going to knock over the potion and send herself to the netherworld. Like, what, 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 was he just buying time? Yeah, that's something I can yeah. think of. Just wh whatever trick you can pull out, you're going to try. I know one trick. Yeah. And it, and it worked. Yeah. Yeah. And even yep. if it hadn't, like, Mad Mardigan was bursting in in just a couple minutes. So, yeah. yeah. I do, yeah, the, it is kind of weird to think. I mean, like, so you have the two witches, and they have a magic fight. Oh, I love it. When the magic fight is pretty good, but then it just devolves into a fist fight. And Which, I love that, too. Could yeah. you imagine Dumbledore, Granny's not Dumbledore, right hook. could you imagine... Um, uh, Gandalf and Sauron. Yes, yeah, Sauron, like, punching each other. I mean, I mean, I like that. Side note, yeah. if you go look at the picture of the, uh, oh, I forgot her name, the Good Witch, Glinda the Good Witch. Mm -hmm. If you go back and you look at the picture on IMDb of her, uh, if you're familiar with the show Fringe, yeah. uh, she and the old guy from the show Fringe, they're the same person. Ah, uh, Denethor. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Okay. All right. Just, just look at the picture. It's... I didn't think they, she they had an IMDb twins. picture. Well, not her picture. It's the it's a picture. It's like a set photo. Oh, um, right. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't what have an IMDb photo. Why does why is Bav Morda's go to with her enemies to turn them into animals? Seems like a weird fetish. Mm, that's, maybe that's her skill. The way the magic works, I yeah. guess. It's just, yeah. Okay. It's what she's good at, you know, Gandalf is good at fireworks. She's good at animal things. Oh, another Lord of the Rings He's thing I noticed. Connection. It's, there's a lot of it. Ruling the cats. Um, as uh, as as speaking of uh, Rizel as the crow, there's uh, the scene where she's leading him the tears. Then she goes, "As the crow flies, you fools! Fly, like, fly, you fools! You fools? Nice. Oh, this was before, <laughs> years before Lord of the Rings. Well, the movie, yeah, the, the yes, books. Yeah. The books have been out for a minute. In the book. Is the greatest adventure <laughs> the world's ever seen. Yeah, that movie, <laughs> the Hobbit cartoon, scares my wife. That the, uh, the she can't <laughs> hear the phrase "my precious" without her skin crawling. It just freaks I, her out. Just, kid yeah. became obsessed with Gollum because of that cartoon. Mm. I might have. I wonder if I could show my girls the Hobbit. I, I would definitely show them the cartoon over the freaking Jackson. Mistake. At least start with the cartoon and see. Yeah. Right, see you goes. know. Yeah, that's yeah. what I did. The my uh, last note that I want to talk about because there's a couple other ones, but we don't have to. Is uh, I do like that Mad Mardigan. He does. We do get a character arc with him where he starts yeah. off as, I'm just doing whatever I can to get out of the cage. Then he turns into, um. Yes, I will help you get to the lake, and I will help you escape because it's convenient for me also. But I am kind of a good guy, and I will help you. He's Two, he does kind of Han Solo it a little bit. It, and mean, then, yeah. and then, well, the bigger difference, obviously, the Han Solo movie part where it doesn't, you know, it would only be truly the Han Solo is if after the battle at the castle, he says, deuces, I'm out. 
and then when they they and then comes back and then comes yeah, back to invade day. the castle. Yeah. That'd be kind of the only way it'd be truly that. But like the moment, it never affected me before. But this time watching it, it, it actually I don't know if it affected me, but I I noticed it more is when he stands up and says, "I serve the Nelwyn." Like yes, like that that is a cool moment uh, for yeah. for for him to. You know he's he he is now serving. I I serve him. This kid that I right kid. Well, he's seventeen, but <laughs> this kid that I've been mean to and insulted and whatever. I now work for him. It's just it's just a really cool moment in the movie. I I really like that. I I totally agree. That's one of those moments that like has has I've really only noticed the past couple times I've watched it. And uh, yeah, I mean like I think the last two times I've kind of teared up in those moments. I think the music is yeah. played really well, yeah. and I mean uh-huh. there's some lines there but most of that scene is conveyed through the acting through Val Kilmer's acting and even Eric's and Willow's uh you just yeah. you sense that hesitation from Mad Morgan as he's like am I giving my life over to something bigger than me is this happening right now yeah <laughs> and it's great yeah, Val Kilmer was spot on in this movie who he really was <laughs> who Sam Kilmer okay Val Kilmer Val right okay. yeah no you're fine Let's say it sounded like veal, like you're hungry and you're wanting some mm, food. Uh, maybe uh, that would be good. Some parm. The the uh, <laughs> it w- it was funny when I when I was so that moment happened and I went back and I was going to capture for audio that line, but it doesn't quite work just for the audio. I think we kind of need the the acting moment, and the visual. Yeah. But for some reason, it it kind of annoyed me, and I don't know why. So, like, remember in um, Empire Strikes Back when Han Solo is gearing up to go find Luke, and that guy's like, "You won't make it." He goes, "Then I'll see you in hell," right? <laughs> I, I always like that line. So, whenever it's said in movies, so when Val Kilmer says, "I serve the Nelwyn," do you want to come with us? And Eric says, "You'll never get past, you know, Bad Morda's army." <laughs> and then he says, "Then this is where we say goodbye." I kind of want him to say, "Then I'll see you in hell." <laughs> like. I think that line would have been better, but you know that would be in Sean's uh, special edition of yeah, that's my Hello. director edition. <laughs> yeah, where hell exists in this world. Uh, that's it. Do you have anything else we want to anything else before I do clips, Cameron? You got any other last notes? Um, uh, I I got a funny one and kind of like a more analytical one. Uh, this time watching it, I there's a scene when it's just Willow and Roselle in the tent at the end. And uh, she says something, you know, she's giving Willow the kind of speech that he can do this, bring, bring them in. We're going to, we're going to save the day. Uh, And it's just like this heroic dolly in and swelling music on a goat chewing. (laughs) You take out like the, uh, all the like the post production stuff. It's just a shot of a goat chewing. It's like the most Mm -hmm. heroic thing ever. Yeah. I love it. I don't know if you guys notice this, and maybe I just have never paid attention to goats before, but were there? It looked like there were like two teats hanging from this goat's neck. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I don't yeah. know what those were. I don't either. I don't know enough about goats. And I, I hope that I said that word correctly. It is teats. <laughs> yes. Is that correct? <laughs> I don't think that's what they are, but I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> it's either that or mozzarella sticks. I wasn't sure what they were there. Yeah. Something was hanging. She ate a shoe, and that's the shoelaces inside. Something was dangling there up there. Yeah. Right. Uh, and actually, I guess two kind of kind of two analytical things. So one is, you know, like the the whole uh, Willow's character arc is him searching for confidence. He has to realize that, like, yes, he is capable to lead, to do heroic things, to find the magic with him and everything. And I don't know if this was intentional on the writer's part. It could have just been like the kind of jokes they like to do. But one thing I noticed this time is that all of these characters who like 
these these trope archetypes that are normally normally all knowing, all seeing, all powerful, never mess up. Like everyone in this movie is kind of an f up. Like the high Aldwin can't control where the bird flies. Shalindria doesn't know what is going on outside of her forest. Like she doesn't know about Tirzlin or Finrazel. She just sends Willow off on a quest without even knowing what he's supposed to be doing. Finrazel forgets that she ages. Uh, Bav Morda falls for the pig trick and then like sends herself off to the uh, abyss. And so I just and, and yeah, the greatest swordsman that ever lived. Also, you know slips in the snow and is kind of a doofus <laughs> yeah so like I, so again i don't know if that's intentional but i kind of feel like willow is kind of seeing that oh everyone in the world kind of fakes it till it makes makes it like and, and that's something i can really relate with like with like imposter syndrome it's just like something i always have to remind myself like eh, no one knows what they're doing so that's where i find my confidence and and i think that might be because i grew up with willow Oh. And then I just think that before we get to any sections, we need to talk about Kaya and, and the Nelwyn village. Like, I think Kaya and his family is such, like, a great element. Like, you don't think of her. When you think of Willow characters, you don't think of those Migosh right. or Kaya or the kids. But they are so, yeah. like, she is so good. And, like, when they reunite at the end of the movie, it's mm -hmm. so touching. And I just think the whole first act of this movie is written so well. Like, you get Willow's character. You get all the stakes. You know, he's got, he's his farm is in danger of being taken. He can't afford to go traipsing through the countryside. And even if he could, he's got a great life here with his kid and his wife, his kids and his wife. And uh, it just really sets up the stakes and everything really well, I think. Yeah. Well, it, it really highlights the reason why he lacks confidence is because he's got Burgle Cut, which is what a cool <laughs> name for a villain or a foil. Yes. Not a villain, but a foil that... You know, and he's a trope. I actually wrote down village leader is also the village asshole trope. Uh -huh, and uh -huh. he, but he's not the leader. I mean, he's kind of like he's like he's a politician. He's, bully. he's a politician. Yeah, yeah. Well, same yeah. thing, Sam. He's you know, it's the same that's thing. That's true. Okay. He thinks he's the leader. Yeah, and so he, but he's constantly undermining and second guessing Willow, which is part of the reason why Willow probably has such confidence issues. Is because he's got this guy who's like a foot taller than him. <laughs> And, Willow's and it, short, even for an Elwin. Yeah, and and yeah. so I don't know. I you're right. The the first act with them in that village is is really great, and there's there's some humor there too, especially when um they're forming the the fellowship of the baby, and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and even the 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 the, the wizard guy, he kind of sees what's going on here a little bit. He kind of realizes that Burgle Cut's oh, yeah. kind of a douche, and so he's <laughs> like, huh. You know this village. This thing needs a leader, and that leader is you, Burglecut. And so then Burglecut screams for the the best fighter to come back with yeah. them. Because because <laughs> when I was a kid, I didn't understand that joke. Like when he uh -huh. screams Vonkar, you like I yeah. I never understood what was happening. My dad I had thought to, he was like swearing at first or something. I was like, is this like a no one swear? Yeah, or, I, or he was just mm -hmm. screaming, or he was just like yeah. I, I never understood that until my dad had to explain. He's like, no, no, no. <laughs> now that his life is in danger, because before his life was in danger at the village, so he wants to keep the best warrior there. But now that his life is going to be in danger on the road, he wants that guy to go with him. And I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, ever the politician. So there you go. I also love the local Nellan Village Band. Oh yeah, they're great. They're great. And uh, there's a great Star Wars uh, connection in that Village Band. I'm bum, sure. Bum, 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 well, no, no it's, it's not those guys. I don't know which one, but one of the players is Kenny Baker, 
who is it? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. R two D two. Yeah, the one with the beard. I think he has a line in the the meeting room also. He, he might say, "Well, who do that?" You know, whoever I play. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's Kenny they Baker. They actually had a single that they put out. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's called Drop Baby. I was going to say, did they did they do a single? I thought you were going to say something like R one D one. You know, single. No. <laughs> Drop Baby. <laughs> oh my gosh. We're, one star reviews from mothers. <laughs> the last few tropes I, I wrote down, uh, Andrew or Sam, did either one of you have any notes? Any more things to talk about? Uh, no, I don't, I don't do such things. Oh, okay. No, I'm good. All right. Uh, tropes I did write, uh, being scared makes you jump. I mentioned uh, the home alone defense tr- uh, trope. Uh, we had that one. I wrote that too, yeah. Uh, and at least there were three Wilhelm screams. Oh, I, oh yeah. yeah, I, I heard. Yeah, them. yeah. I yeah. captured one of them, and then the second one, I'm like, I'm not gonna capture that one. And then there was the third one. I'm like, oh, come on, guys, give me a break. Yeah. I right. thought about putting together like a montage of all of General Kale's bellows, but it already exists on YouTube, of course. So oh, you can just go there to look for it if you want. That's great. Nice. He, uh, <laughs> so that guy, uh, we've seen not for the podcast, but we he's more famously known as the giant Nazi. That Indiana Jones fights in uh-huh. Raiders. Mm. He's the I guy. I think I've heard that. Okay. Yeah, he's yeah. the guy. What gets it by the propeller? <laughs> okay. He looks very different when he shaves the beard. Yeah, and he's not screaming or at the you. Beard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Here's some clips. I captured a bunch. Like I said, um, a lot of these just reminded me of what it's like to be a parent. So <laughs> I'm pretty sure all four of us have said this at one point. I will not be ignored. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love his relationship with his family because it's not like Pollyanna. Like there's still yeah. tension and friction, but it's just it's just such a positive kind of vibe. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I had to play. I had to. I had to. I'm sorry. Out of the way. Pick. I had to have. <laughs> I there. I worked at a restaurant and there was a, a fellow waiter who would say that every time he was like walking through the back alley, and yeah. I knew it, and instantly we would be friends. If we, if this doesn't show you how much I've forgotten of this film, in college, you you, I, I, you guys remember Bart Tolbert? Yeah, he would say that all the time, and I had no idea <laughs> nice. where it was coming from until I saw this again. I'm like, wait, wait a second, now I, I totally understand. There was a, and I had a similar kind of thing where I, mean, I always knew what it was from because I watched this movie all through high school, um, and I own it on Blu-ray, but, uh, and of course I do. But uh, I, I went to high school with a guy. His name was Brian, and he he was every bit of six four. He played on the football team, but he was also a nerd. And I remember walking into class with him, and the teacher couldn't have been more than five one. And she was standing in the doorway, and he said, Out of the way, Pick. And she did not think it was funny. <laughs> I have never seen a six foot four man feel so, look so small compared to a five foot one teacher, but she did not think it was funny. Um, those of us in earshot thought it was hilarious, but we didn't show it because we were a little scared of her. Um, hey, Sam. Yes. What's your favorite drink? Is My it? Is it? Beer. There you go. <laughs> Why? Of course, it's beer. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Beer. There you go. <laughs> I didn't capture the laugh afterwards, but I, there you go. It comes in pints. <laughs> I'm getting one. 
here's the first and the only one that I captured. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Wilhelm was all over the place, he, but he kept falling, getting back up. Yeah, so, he did. One of the largest families there in that world. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so in some of the trivia, I read that um, Val Kilmer ad-libbed a majority of his lines. This feels very ad-libbed to me. Mumbo, Jumbo, I am hungry. Go get me some eggs or something. We are not afraid of you. Now! <laughs> I always like that. I, I, I feel like there was some line there that was supposed to be said, but I, I feel like the whole mumbo jumbo he just made up. Just, just Probably, yeah. Yeah. I wanted to capture the whole thing, but I thought it was you know too long of a clip to play. But I, I just anytime anyone uses the phrase, "Oh man, it'll put hair in your chest," I have to say <laughs> this every time. Her name is not Sticks. She's a Lord Dannon, the future Empress of Terrace Lane. And the last thing she's gonna want is a hairy chest. Every time. I've gotten my daughter to eat food she didn't want to eat because I say, like, well, let's play Black Root. That, by <laughs> oh the way, that, that Black Root was just a vanilla bean. It's just vanilla. Oh, okay. Yeah. No. Uh, this one is titled Go Home. I forgot. Oh, yeah, this is the guy. Yeah, this is the brownies. All right, this is the, the longest clip of the night, but it's made me laugh. We'll never keep up with those horses. Then we will have to track them. That would take forever. Besides, even if we find them, They'll catch us, stick us in cages, torture us, and finally devour us. Are you suggesting we go home? Nah, this is more fun. All right. <laughs> Fine, then. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> it is funny how, like, the brownies go from, like, just major exposition devices to just only comedic relief by yeah. the end of the movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, even, like, to the very end, even when Raul takes his hat off and he's bald oh, and yeah, his yeah. buddy doesn't know that. And she kind of gives him this look like, I didn't know you had a tattoo on your noggin. Yeah. Uh, and this is also something that every one of us has said, hey, child of ours, go pick up your clothes. No. No. <laughs> We've all done that. Uh, I, my wife that and I quote correct. this movie all the time, and I think when I showed it to my kids, I forget which line it was, but there was a time when they're like, Hey, you say that all the time. <laughs> Probably either like, Willow, you idiot. Yeah. <laughs> or uh, or whenever they get hurt, I'm always like, can you, or, uh, here, I'll do my Patrick Stewart. Can you ride? Let's yeah. ride, Willow. Yes. Sean Connery is Patrick Stewart. Is yeah, my, that, that's kind of the joke. To. Yeah, the joke is that his Patrick Stewart sounds like Sean Connery doing a Patrick Stewart. But a bad one at that, a bad one even. My favorite line in this movie is when Mad Mardigan goes, if only I had a sword. But only because of his hand movement when he does that. Like, yeah. he does this like he's feeling the sword. I don't know. I, I, I found myself laughing out loud this last time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I laughed a lot. All right, time for this. And now for some more bad news. Ready? I've already said most of this trivia, which is great, because otherwise it would just be another seven minutes of me reading um, James Horner's score was frequently used in theatrical trailers in the 80s and 90s, carrying a $10,000 licensing fee from MGM and Lucasfilm. Wow. So, good for him. Good for them. Yeah. I wonder if that made more money than the movie made when it was released. I don't know. It, yeah, this movie financially, it, 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 it needed the... It did okay. Well, it needed the... Um, International release as well as VHS rentals and sales yeah. and stuff to yeah. make up its money. 
the the only other one I haven't mentioned was composer James Horner was known for frequently ripping off. I don't like the word ripping off, so I'm going to say borrowing <laughs> classical music in his scenes or his scores. The Willow, in Willow, the Alora Dannon theme is taken from the Bulgarian hymn Mir Stankatli. I probably didn't pronounce that right. While oh, the that heroic was actually perfect. No, okay. <laughs> I'm just assuming That's everything right. you say is a lie. Uh, <laughs> and and while the heroic motif for Val Kilmer is clearly whoever wrote this was very snarky, by the way. Like there was like some a music major that was really angry at James Horner. While the because I can I can just see it. While the heroic motif for Val Kilmer is clearly an imitation of the main theme of Robert Schumann's Third Symphony, the Rhenish, Rhenish. So. Whatever. I was reading. I was reading about that today too. Just uh, looking up because I was trying to track down some of those other uh, or whatever. You do it better. The trumpets. Yeah. Yeah. I. But yeah. So Wikipedia was saying like he intentionally used other like uh, classical and mythological elements, just like Lucas did when he was writing the script. So he like intentionally did that. Intentionally ripped it off. Yeah. Composers borrow stuff from each other all the time. I mean, all the time. James oh, Hans yeah. Zimmer has borrowed stuff. James, I mean, John Williams. The John the, Williams Imperial March is is Mars from mm-hmm. Gustav Holst. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. so is a third of the movie Gladiator that Hans Zimmer wrote is just <laughs> like the entire battle scene. And it's funny because my son uh, uh, has listened. We've listened to the entire Holst suite. And so he knows the the Mars theme very well. And so when that I have that Gladiator soundtrack on my phone, we're driving, and he goes, "Dad, I didn't know this was Mars." I said, "It's not. It's <laughs> Gladiator." And he goes, "Oh well, it sounds exactly the same." And I said, "I know, son." Yeah. Um, but there's a reason for it. Roman theme. There, there's a reason for it. And even John Williams, like the Jaws theme, you know, da dum. I mean, that's from uh, Dvorak. Dvorak, yeah, the 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 New World Symphony. So I mean, not that I know that, right? Like, <laughs> it it happens. So snarky um, trivia guy, calm yourself. Well, I'm sorry that I posted that. Well, and... <laughs> next time you post it, you need to post it. Uh, cheap seat reviews reviewed this movie. No. Uh, time for this. Excuse me while I wait. whip this out. Top three. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, what? Did I miss something? Did did you did I miss the baby trivia? I thought you said you had a bunch of baby trivia. Oh yeah, you? I did miss. I skipped the baby trivia. Sorry, sorry. Hold on, I gotta find it. Um, listen, this is I'm invested in this. Thing. No, I'm glad you are. Uh, I did miss it. I missed actually another one too. So because if you notice, Warwick Davis, he walks with a little bit of a limp. So mm-hmm. the baby got sick like car sick you know the swaying back and forth so the scene oh. where she's crying and burgle cut takes her that's actual spit up she legit oh. she actually threw up on him and that scene was like his reaction is real and they just kept <laughs> filming and they kept oh, it what? in the movie so awesome. what yeah holy crap <laughs> Because she got I don't know if I believe it, but that's amazing. I, uh, that I, baby is a method actor. Yeah, that right. Is just, that's <laughs> a perfect, perfect little baby actor. Yeah, I love it. Uh, the last piece I, I missed um, was Joanne Whaley, who's uh, Sorsha. She accidentally stuck her store her sword in a stump man's foot when she stabs it into the ground right before she takes her helmet off at the tavern. Mm. Her and Mel Kilmer got married. 
Yeah, they were. For and they like, have a they have a, a daughter. To, yeah, they have a daughter oh, okay. together. Yeah, who is an actress. So. I mean, I thought they had good chemistry, and that's. I think they met on this movie. I'm not sure. They did, yeah. No. They they got married because of this movie. And um, what's up with uh, Ron Howard and and getting people together on his movie sets? I you know I you was know, Tom well, Tom Cruise and Nicole and Kidman away yeah. with. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, uh, Kidman. What's her name? Nicole Kidman, redheaded Australian. Yep. Yeah. Um, I was actually I went through the credits. I was surprised. Maybe Ron Howard didn't have the the clout he does now, but he he didn't have his dad in this movie, and I was. I was surprised mm. because his dad is in like brother. all of, or his brother, yeah, Rance, yeah, they're yeah. Well, or, Clint, Clint would Clint have looked perfect in this movie. Clint would have been like a great troll. He, he would have been like <laughs> maybe Wilhelm maybe getting we, thrown maybe off every. Yeah. He's just not credited anywhere. Yeah, I mean, he's not in IMDb, and I know I've said this before, and I, and I, it's just one of those cool moments. I got to meet his dad, Ron Ron Howard's dad. I got to meet him. Oh. And uh, oh, did you run into him? I did. Uh, I have a picture of him um, with him. Yeah. Uh, we're did in, you say out of the way, Peck? I did not, but oh. I did say <laughs> I was a fan of his son's work. In that, uh, my nickname that Sam often uses on the podcast, uh, I'm I'm nick I'm nicknamed after Opie. From the Andy Griffin show, oh, yeah. and he looked at me. He's like, "Yeah, I get it." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I, I take that as a compliment. All right, now I get to play this. Excuse me while I whip this out. We're gonna do our top three. Um, I'll let Sam go first, then Cameron, then myself, oh. then Andrew. I promise, Maybe. Andrew. Hey, I remembered <laughs> you last week. That's true. That's true. Oh crap! I closed out my. Hold on. Let me get back to IMDb. Let me get Cameron to go. I, I knew I needed my notepad back up for, for this one. Sorry about that. Um, I, I do remember what I picked, though. Um, my number three was um, Apollo 13. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's your my third number, one. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. My number two was A Beautiful Mind. Mm-hmm. And my number one is Far and Away. I love Far and Away so much. I just, yeah. Yeah, the soundtrack to that too is. Oh, awesome. John Williams is great. Oh, so good. All right, Cameron. Yep. Uh, yeah. So top three, Ron Howard movies. I I presume we can't pick Willow. Yeah, that's one of the rules. We we okay. we follow that rule. Guests are are, are allowed to to bend bend that okay. rule. Well, Willow would be number one, but we'll we'll set that aside for now. Sure. It's also a little tricky because a lot of his classics, I just I honestly haven't seen since I was a teenager. So although I think Apollo 13 would probably make it, I just I haven't seen it long enough to objectively say or cocoon. So from what I have seen recently, I would say Solo would be number three. Okay. Uh, I, I I feel the film is kind of unnecessary and he doesn't really feel like Han Solo, but it's a really good sci-fi heist film. Number two is Splash. We watched that recently. Mm-hmm. It holds up. It's got some chuckles. And I got to agree, far and away, I love that movie. Yeah. It's also uh, another collaboration of Ron Howard and Bob Dolman, I think, the screenwriter of Willow. Okay. My name is Bob Dole, and uh, <laughs> I'm running for president. <laughs> Bob Dole wrote the movie, <laughs> Bob Dole. Um, but I will say I saw Cocoon once, and I will never watch it again. Yeah, uh, me too. Because it's the do- it's one of those dog dies at the end movies mm. that uh, mm. I just cannot watch. It wrecks me. Uh, okay, my turn. Um I wrote down something a little a little different. So I also did my number one, I did Apollo 13. I'm going backwards because you have some of the similar movies. Number one was Apollo 13. Number two, Far and Away. My number three was Into the Heart of the Sea. Mm. I really like that movie. I think it's really I good. I have not seen that one. Is that the one with Robert Redford? 
No. So it's no. got Chris Hemsworth and um, Spider-Man. And oh, whoa, 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 Moby Dick. It's right. It's Moby Dick. It's the that it's, doesn't narrow it down saying Spider-Man these days. Well, you know, there's um, like there's it's uh, young. Oh yeah, I read that book. That book is amazing. By so the way. it's the the heart of the sea. Yeah. is the novelization. It's the true, the quote-unquote true story that inspired Herman Neville's Neville's Melville's Herman Melville's. Thank you, Moby Dick story. It's the real story of the giant whale that attacked the boat. And honestly, the most, the majority of the story isn't about the whale. The whale is in it, and the whale survival. Yeah, it's a a survival story. It's really, really good. And um, I forgot the old man that played Mad, who's Mad Eye Moody. But he, um, Brendan Gleeson. Yes, he's in it also as the older version of the Spider-Man character. I can't think of his <laughs> name. I got Tobey Maguire stuck in my head. Tom Holland. Thank you. You're why wow, you, you need to come on the show more often just to do, to do this. <laughs> I ever since having kids, I'm not as good at that as I used to be. So yeah. when they do come to me, I, I try to. Well, like my 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 shtick is that I can remember the character name. Uh, Sam just makes up random people. You know, he'll he'll <laughs> he'll say, you know, that guy that was in the movie with the thing. You know, Bob Dole and uh, Sandra Bernhardt. I'm like. What? We're watching Romancing the Stone. Oh, right, yeah. Okay, anyway. Uh, I don't know how I pulled Sandra Bernhardt out of my ass. Anyway, Everybody into, looks the same. Andrew, what you got, man? All right. Well, I have at number three, Ransom. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, wow, yeah, the yeah. Mel Gibson. Gibson. Yeah. Uh, number two, I have How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Yeah. Really? Old. Yeah. I like that movie. Uh, I do, too. I just, I love how he makes fun of Ron Howard. As the, the, <laughs> as the director. <laughs> yeah. That as is my director. favorite moment. Yeah. Yeah. It is the best and moment. The, and the number one, I uh, I have the Da Vinci Code. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't agree with you. I think that movie is actually terrible. So You think the Da Vinci Code's terrible? I think it's an absolutely train, big train wreck. I can't stand it. But oh. it's hard the, the, from the source material. It's it, you got it. Yeah, it. It's, it's it would it was hard to. I liked Angels and Demons the movie better than. Ooh, yeah, some Foley work there. <laughs> You're fine. Oh, man, no worries. Uh, so we do have some some Twitter action here. I, I posted on the Twitter that we're doing Ron Howard. Uh, uh, Jesse from Sudden but Inevitable says Apollo 13, but not the Grinch. So he is anti Grinch. Uh, <laughs> I think Jesse is a Grinch. We, he and I got into a faux Sam. This was right up your alley. Jesse and I were mm-hmm. arguing about something that's completely irrelevant, but we were just arguing and, to do it. Yeah. And it's 100%. And you were wrong, of course. Yeah, of course. And because yeah. uh, we were arguing about pizza. And. <laughs> And I'm I'm not going to tell you which side of the fence I'm on, Sam. I just want to hear your take. Is there such a thing as a dessert pizza? Yes. See, I said yes. yes. <laughs> Jesse says no. Yeah. A dessert pizza is just a cookie. <laughs> oh my god! It's just a cookie. <laughs> and so then we went back and forth, and then I called him. Uh, he was discriminating against pizza and stuff, and it was it was hysterical. So I was then oh. it turned into like a political campaign. Don't listen to their podcast because their their host hates pizza. <laughs> listen to ours because we're more inclusive. Um, well, a pizza is just a flat quesadilla. So, I mean, if if you're going to be pedantic I mean, I, about it. I'm fine with that. that. That's actually more apt than saying a dessert pizza is just a cookie. Exactly. But I kept using the word pie just to annoy him. 
because I kept calling it a pie, and he's like, you're using the word pie. I hope Jesse does listen to this episode. It'll be great. Hi, Jesse. Um, Jesse from Sudden But Inevitable Podcast. Go listen to their show. It's great. Uh, and they're wrapping up their season of uh, Firefly, getting ready to hit the movie. It's going to be great. Uh, nice. We also got from uh, Podcast Ta2Squid, T-A-2Squid, says The Grinch, Da Vinci Code, and Gung Ho. So there's something a little different there. Oh, no. Yeah. I don't know if I've seen that one. Have uh, I seen Gun Michael Ho? Keaton, I believe. I've never even heard yeah. of it. I might have to check it out. I um, love Ron Howard stuff. Fan of the show and um, listener for like a thousand episodes is Maxton, who says Apollo 13. Thank you, Maxton. Um, yep. And uh, also friend of the show, Melissa, says Apollo 13 and Far and Away. So we're all kind of in the same, same ballpark. So thank you all for yep. participating in that little fun bit. Okay. And that's time for that. Andrew, I said you got you did your piece, right? Okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> I didn't forget you again. <laughs> Wait, what's supposed to happen? All right, all right. Calm down there, Harry Potter. We're going to do, out of 10, we're going to score this movie from 0 to 10. Um, Sam goes first. Actually, I think Andrew's actually supposed to go first. Yeah, Andrew goes first. Sorry. Yeah, yeah well... Uh, like I said, my first time watching it, I, I wasn't blown away by it. And as fantastical as the movie is, it wasn't, uh, all that fantastical to me. So I, having said that though, it had some good qualities and, and it, you know, you know, my rule, if the movie keeps my attention, it's a decent movie. And I only looked at my phone like twice. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> Is it something I will want to watch again? Maybe in the future. I don't know. Maybe maybe once or twice more. I, it's not something I'm going to put on repeat. But uh, I'm going to give it a... Maybe a 6.5 okay. out of 10. Uh, so, Cameron, I... Uh... <laughs> I uh, I broke uh, Jesse when I was on um, Sudden But Inevitable because they do a score mm -hmm. and you know everyone does these even numbers right seven eight eight you know whatever and I got on there and I said nine point six because I'm so used to having to use decimal points for the podcast because if we did every <laughs> after after about episode forty five we realized hmm we're gonna need to d differentiate between a seven and an eight. You know, we mm -hmm. were even a seven and a half and a, you know, so <laughs> feel free to use the decimal point. Okay. Yeah. Oh, is it my turn? Yes. Um, okay. Yeah. I, I, oh, I'm going to say it's a, I, I'm not one of those people who like just throws nines and tens at everything, but I, of course, lobbied to get on this, at this episode because <laughs> I do love Willow and maybe a big part of it is nostalgia. I, I think it holds up, but when I watch this movie, it makes me feel like a nine point one. All right. Yeah, literally, this 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 movie happened because uh, you posted something, you tagged me in it, and I responded with "You are great." With Willow saying it and Mad Mardigan falling in the snow, and your response one of my was, favorite gifts. Yeah. That's my favorite gift. I we if Willow is ever if I'm ever able to do your show, we must do that movie. And I said done. That's kind of that's pretty much the negotiation. Yep. Uh, I'm not sure appreciated. Sam. Yeah, I gotta I gotta agree. This was such a <laughs> this was such a great return to my childhood. 
Um, I, I'm almost sick that I didn't see it uh, recently. I, I've got to give it a good 8.1 out of 10. Um, I'm going to have my kids watch this. I watched it by myself just to make sure. Because, I, again, I didn't remember how bad or how PG-13-ish the PG movie of the 80s was, right? Yeah. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, 8.1 on my, my scale. Cool. Uh, there was one last note that I realized that I forgot that it was just a funny thing. Is you know um, when Willow is fighting the uh, the desk that turns a, a live, and he shoves it out <laughs> yep. the window. I think it would have been probably too funny and too campy, but it would have been great if Mad Mardigan is down there fighting <laughs> um, General Kale, and just as he's about like Kale is about to kill Mad Mardigan, the thing falls and kills Kale. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it would have been too campy, but I think it would have been kind of hilarious at the same time. Anyway, uh, with that being said, this is one of those movies, Sam. You had one of these movies a while ago. I don't remember which one it was, but you basically said, I don't care what you guys say on the podcast. I love this movie, and therefore it's going to get a high score. Um, yep. I don't remember what that was, but this is that for me. I love this movie. Um, I can't wait for my kids to get a little older so I can watch this with them. My son's eight. I'll probably wait till maybe next year to watch it with him. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to give this, um, an 8.9, well, 8.8 cause it came out in 88. So there you go. 8.8. <laughs> there you go. I love it. It's just a good movie. And yep. so there you go. Uh, average score of 8.125. I think that it's actually pretty appropriate. Nice. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. a good, yeah. Mm-hmm. So my gosh, um, this has been so much fun, Cameron. Uh, please tell our listeners how they can find your show and information about you. I will, of course, link it in the show notes, but um, this is your time to shine. Sure, yeah. So I am a uh, self-described geek watching The Next Generation for the very first time with my friends who have seen it and help holding my hand through it. You can uh, catch us. It's called Green Shirt, a newbie's trick to The Next Generation. At GreenShirt87 will find us on Twitter. At Greenshirt Podcast is our Instagram and Facebook.com slash Greenshirt Podcast will find us on Facebook. Uh, one of these days we'll maybe get all of those to have the same name, but for now that's where you'll find us. Uh, we don't have quite as many sh- episodes as these guys, but we've we've got a few. We're we're almost to a hundred, so we're excited for that. Mm-hmm. Feel free to jump in where we are now or start at the beginning. It's a little rough, but we get better, like most podcasts. Yeah, if you go back and listen to our first basically oh fifty God. episodes, yeah. we're kind of terrible at it. Um, yeah, if, I mean, if you go and listen to like you know yeah, last week's, we're we're kind of we're, kinda we're still kind of terrible at it. So <laughs> yeah. um, I should also pimp. I, I worked on a a uh, all puppet horror film called Frank and Zed about a Frankenstein monster and a zombie who have a symbiotic relationship. It's uh, kind of rocked it at some festivals, but it's still looking for distribution. So if you want to check out the trailer and maybe just kind of help spread the hype, you can find it at puppetcord.com. Sweet. Yeah, do that. Awesome. And to, to sign off, I just want to say, honestly, the nursemaid is kind of the hero of this movie, right? Yeah. That poor yeah. nursemaid. Yeah. She I deserves mean, more. Yeah. Yeah, I, again, the one last thing we didn't mention, one, the nursemaid, two, the, mad, the Bad Morda, whatever her name is, she keeps screaming, I want the baby alive, yet we send these dogs that only kill everything. <laughs> Maybe they were told not to kill the baby. Like, I don't understand. Yeah. Like, they attacked the hell out of that poor baby um, crib that's um. there. In, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, if there would have been a baby in there, it would have died. So You're not wrong. Those, those, those right. dog things were kind of terrible at their job. Anyway, you had one job, dog, and you 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 didn't do it. 
Anyway, that's our show. Next week, we're excited to announce that we will be doing Molly's Game, the Aaron Sorkin movie of Molly's Game, with Ricky D, uh, who was the host of Best Flicks with Ricky D. And that's next week. I'm very excited for that. Uh, we've got another, we got a bunch of uh, guests coming up. Really excited. Karen, this was such a blast. And I, I have a strong feeling that you're going to be back on our show long before <laughs> I get a chance to go on yours. Oh, man. Um, yeah, Sean, you will be coming sometime, I promise. But yeah, we, yeah we're not weekly, so it takes, a, it takes a while to make it through a season. And, and I also picked like the second or third last episode of the season of season five. So, yeah, it, it might be March of 2022, but whatever. <laughs> That's fine. Um, we look forward to having you then. Yeah. The anticipation will build. Yeah, yeah, nothing but <laughs> anticipation. Uh, but like, like legit, you'll we'll have you on again soon. This has been a lot of fun, and I had a great time, guys. Thank you so much. Yeah. yeah well, we just coming. we yeah, really just on. enjoy having smart people on the show, on it, and that's absolutely once yeah. again proven true tonight. Uh, our particulars are: if you're listening to this show because of Cameron, then please go to. Um, Facebook.com slash Cheap Seat Reviews at Cheap Seat Cast is our Twitter. Uh, if you want to go back and listen to any of the other episodes, basically before 200 and what are we at? Two, we're at 340 something now. So basically, because IMDb or uh, uh, iTunes only backlogs 100 episodes. So if you want to go back and listen to any of those earlier ones to really hear how bad we were, you got to go to cheapseatreviews.libsyn, L I B S Y N.com. That's got all of our episodes. Go back and listen to some of the old ones. We've had some fun ones. Star Crash was a lot of fun. And mm-hmm. episode 100, where we did something, which is Andrew's first episode as a regular yep. on the show. And I teased it uh, what almost two hours ago when we started this podcast, and I forgot to say so. James Horner is our Star Trek connection. Oh, oh. yes. Okay. Of course. <laughs> yeah. He did Star Trek episode, or he started Tra- Star Trek II, Wrath of Khan, and Star Trek III, The Search for Spock. Work Done wasn't in uh, any Star Trek movies? Work Davis? No. Work Done, Davis? the football player, wasn't either. Um, okay. No, he wasn't. I looked. I looked for him. Him, Val Kilmer. Yeah. I, I looked for a lot of the uh, the actors. Billy Barty, I thought, for sure. You would have thought. I mean, if he did the Masters of the Universe, he could have found time <laughs> for this. But no. He was in UHF, so that's kind of cool, too. But no, he wasn't in Star Trek. Anyway, that's our show. Thank you so much for listening. If you like this show, please share it with other people. Leave us a review on iTunes. It's the best way you can do that. We've had recently some people leave review. Cameron, I read your review last week. That was very nice of you to do that. Uh, that we, I said you didn't have to do that to get on the show, but I do appreciate you doing it anyway. So be I like Cameron. they are. Yeah, well, yeah, be like Cameron and leave us a review, and then I'll probably just invite you on the show, because why not? Um, all that being said, this is Sean saying thank you so much for listening, and on behalf of Cameron, Andrew, and Sam, this is Sean saying thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. This is Cheap Seat Reviews.